Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Hey guys, welcome to Tragedy Plus Time. Everything's fine. I just wanted to give a quick warning uh, for this particular podcast. We are going to talk about some sexually explicit things and some sexual trauma for our guests today. And so if you have small children, kids under 18, you might want to click off the podcast um, and listen alone later tonight. We appreciate you listening and we hope that this podcast helps you however it can. Hey guys, thank you so much for joining us on Tragedy Plus Time. Everything's fine. I am your host, Summershine. This is a Rogue Media Network production. On this podcast, we're going to explore the deep wounds of tragedy, the way folks just like you survived said tragedy, and the nuances that we reflect on that now make us laugh. We're going to laugh, we're going to cry, and we're going to hear stories of profound survival, even when it didn't seem like it was possible. Sit back, buckle up, and get ready for the ride. Hey guys, welcome to Tragedy Plus Time. Everything's fine. I'm fine. It's fine. Everything's fine. Uh, I am your host, Summer Shine, and I'm really excited that you guys have joined us today because one of my favorite people is here in the house. Uh, her name is Kim, and she is a problem solver, professional problem solver, which who doesn't need a professional problem solver in their life? Um, she doesn't try to solve all my problems because we're friends. So that's cool. But, uh, we are, we are good friends. I mean, you are, I think the first person I came to and said, I'm surrounded by a bunch of mentors and mentees. I don't have any peers. Can you be my peer friend? And you said, yes, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> and we've been friends ever since. So tell us who you are, what you do. Why are you so fabulous? What made you so fabulous? Failure. Oh my God, it's my favorite F word. Yeah. Well, second favorite F word. <laughs> Mine too. But yeah, absolutely, it's failure. I mean, I can tell you six ways not to change a tire. 
And I can tell you one way to change a tire correctly. I can tell you where the jack doesn't go, but I can also show you where it does. And so for me, like I ended up in the spot solving people's problems professionally because I failed, because I watched other people fail, because I succeeded and I watched other people succeed. I literally just paid attention. And I took all that stuff that I learned in school because, well, education, I got a bunch of it. But ultimately, I took all that stuff that I learned by watching other people and just mushed it into a really cool job. Yeah. Uh, the thing that I like, I think, the most about your profession is that, uh, A, that you don't have to kind of follow the rules of the therapy profession because typically when you sit down with a therapist, you say, here's my problem, and then they talk you through it and you come up with your own solution. That is not what you do. You go in, I would go in and say, here's my problem, and you would say, here are 10 solutions. Yes. Here, which one do you want to work on first? And you'd come up with step by step and you're really good at it. You've yeah. actually uh, problem solved my son. Uh, yeah, sort of. Sort of, yeah. I mean, I he mean, quit coming. He's a work in progress. Yeah, he we is a work are. in progress. <laughs> Cutest little work in progress there ever was. Tell you what. Yeah, so um, that's great. And uh, I love that you brought up the failure word. It's quite literally uh, my most favorite thing. Um, we, you are an eight on the Enneagram. And so solving problems is your thing. I am a three on the Enneagram. And so making failure look fun and sexy, that's the word you like to use is I like to make failure look sexy. Um, so there is no real failure in my life, right? Uh, right. No, we reframe real quick. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. Boom. <laughs> Boom. That wasn't failure friends. Cause I learned something. Right. Yes. <laughs> yes. That was a lesson. That's right. Yeah. So, um, I'm glad to have you on the show because, uh, we get to go eat after this. Oh, tragedy. Salad. Tragedy. You don't get to eat <laughs> no, because you had your esophagus stretched. stretched. Yeah, it sounds dirty when you say it out loud. I know. Yeah. And you're not really mm. eating because you're having salad. So whatever. Beach, please. <laughs> I know. When we were like planning dinner, she was like, what could I bring? And I was like, well, I'm eating salad. And she was like, ew. Why am I friends with people who go on cleanses? Yeah. I, <laughs> I eat salad on a pretty regular basis, though. Let's be real. I know. I did have some cheese today, so. Good for you. Mm, I love cheese. Mm-hmm. Live a little. Yeah, yeah, I let loose. I let loose and had some cheese. It was awesome. It was awesome. Um, so here we are. We are on a pad- podcast that's called Tragedy Plus Time. Everything's fine. So we're going to talk about tragedy. And you have a pretty significant one. You've, yeah. You've got a big one. Yeah. And it's something I don't think you talk about a lot. It's not. Because you're solving other people's problems, <laughs> yes. and there's no solution to this one. No, not really. Right. I mean, there is. There's activate activism. Act, you Activism? I don't know if that's a real word, but you have solved problems for other people because of it, but... And the biggest, I mean, the biggest solution for this is forgiveness. Yeah. That's it for me. Oh, and shoot. And if it wasn't that, like, I could not talk about this today. Yeah. Okay. Well... Are you ready? I am. I think it's time. Okay. Hit it. So I'm going to start at the very beginning. Okay. Okay. So I was born. I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, she didn't. Uh, so um, I was 15 years old. I was a super good kid. And I was volunteering my time over the summer at the local mission. And I met this guy who was doing community service. Number one, that should have been a red flag, but it wasn't. He had a really cool car. So he shows up at my house 
And, like, we just start dating. And uh, he walked in my house for the very first time. Crazy story. And he, he said, your house smells like pot. And I was like, say what? And he's like, no, really, your house smells like pot. I said, my house always smells like this. And he's like, then you, your house always smells like pot. And so he, we went looking for it. Found my parents' stash of pot. Nice. Seriously. Nice. Yeah. So then he really, really, really wanted to date me at that point. And so um, December of that year, so we kept dating. December of that year, he gets arrested. My parents bailed him out of jail. And he came and lived with us for a whole year. And that's, during, at, that's at 15. 15. Makes super sense. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. How I old mean, was he? He was 17. Okay. And so he lived at my parents' house. Um with us and what began to happen was that he would have his friends over he would send them into my bedroom in the middle of the night and I would be expected to perform some kind of sexual act on them and then he would get drugs they would pay him in money or drugs and that happened for the course of the year that he lived there but one in particular incident we had been hanging out with these guys, this whole, like, group of football players. And they'd been to my house. We'd hung out in the pool house. We'd spent a lot of time together. But then we went to their house one day, middle of the day. Um, and he left me there. And he went to go with one of the guys to get drugs or something. I don't know. And um, I walked to the bathroom. And when I walked out of the bathroom, one of them shoved me in the bedroom across the hall put a dresser against the door and when I turned around there were four other guys in the room and so uh what happened uh after that was basically I was forced to perform oral sex on all of them I was I was forced to have sex with one of them I yelled I screamed I begged them to stop I hollered for my boyfriend I watched him walk in the house through the window beside the bed and he didn't, he didn't stop it. He didn't protect me. And when we got back in the car, he called me horrible names. He played this awful Tupac song. And um, he had money, lots of it, and drugs. Because they had paid him to let that happen. Needless to say, I kept dating him for like another year and a half. Oh, that's what we do. I know, oh I know. Oh, my God, girl. Because he mm. told me that like I couldn't have anybody else. Nobody else was ever going to love me. I wasn't like, I wasn't skinny. I wasn't pretty. Like he, that he, I was, he was the only one that was going to want me. And so I believed him and I stayed. And I stayed until um, January the 1st of 1999. Mm. And, uh, it's a pretty significant date for you. It is. I walked away from him and I walked away from drugs and I've been clean for 20 plus years now. Hell yeah, you um, have. So, yeah. I mean, it was, I, I went to school with, with these guys, you know, like they went on to college and I did not press charges. Um, I was 15 years old. Uh, I mean. I mean, what were the lies you believed that kept you from pressing charges? Because I think this is a significant point to talk about. So I didn't believe it was rape because what happened was he spent a year conditioning me to have sex with the people around us, yeah. to perform sexual acts on the people around us. And so for me, like as 
horrifying as it was, and as wrong as it was, and as much as it was rape, he had conditioned me to believe it was normal. Yeah. I just thought that's what happened. Yeah. And that's not what happens. And it's not okay. And so, um, dated him, you know, for until I was, you know, probably, I guess, um, 17. And, um, I graduated high school early. Once we broke up, I, I, I got my crap together, basically. Stopped doing drugs, like, stopped seeing him. Graduated from high school a year early. Went on to went college. To college as, yeah. As an honor student. Yeah, like, you did. I mean, <laughs> I went my first semester of college, 4.0 GPA in the honors program at 17 years old. Like, everything was great. And then the guys who had raped me were, th- were at college. They were there. And so, um, yeah, they they continued to harass me and they continued to, um, I mean, this is more than two years later. So yeah. Wow. Anyway, I dropped out of college. Yeah. I mean, I couldn't stay. There of was no not. way I was going to stay. Yeah. But what I, what I found out was that like I could go back to college and I did at 25, yeah. went back to college at 25 and between the ages of 25 and 31 acquired four degrees. Yeah, you did. So <laughs> got a whole lot of say school. that girl. That's say right. that. So, yeah. I mean, but but in the middle of all of that, I wasn't a believer. I I you know I I didn't know anything about God really, and at sixteen or fifteen years old, I'm believing that like one it wasn't wrong because it's just what happened. Nobody was gonna believe me even if I talked about it. Yeah. Like they were super popular. Everybody loved them. You know. Right. Um. And so I didn't think anybody like who was I that that people were gonna listen. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, and they were powerful and I didn't think I could do anything about it. I didn't think my parents would care. And to this day, my dad still doesn't know. Uh, that's what I was going to say is it, you never even told your parents, you told your mom eventually, mm-hmm. but told years my mom late. in therapy, group therapy when I ran away, ran away as a 16 year old in the middle of all of that, told my mom in therapy. And she said to me, don't ever tell your father. <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> okay. I won't. Because he would fall apart. He, Yeah, <laughs> because he would do some damage. Like, he would have gotten angry. He he would have lost his mind, you know. And now that I'm 38 years old, it's more than 20 years later, my dad has lost his mind, totally has dementia, and he's never going to be able to remember <laughs> that it happened to me, and I don't want to have to tell him more than once. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So he will never know. He'll never know. Yeah. Yeah. That's terrible. I'm sorry that you went through that. I think um, this is a story that a lot of girls go through. I think a lot of girls, not a lot, but a significant enough percentage that I'm glad you're here talking about this. And I don't think that people consider it rape. Right. You know, I don't think that they consider it wrong because it's just what they know. Because really manipulative guys have coerced them all the way through this process to the point that it it gets bigger and it gets worse because they like the money that they're making. Yeah. That that was one thing that happened with me um, is that if money was given to me, even though I didn't want to have sex, I thought, oh, I, I took money. Yeah. You know, so it wasn't really rape. And who can I tell? Right. You know, um, because there was money given at the end of it. Yeah. I mean, he did, he did go to prison, by the way. Not for all of this. Belongs in prison. Yeah. He did go to prison. Good. Yeah. Good. 
<laughs> so uh, this was 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. So there's been some time. It was a tragedy. It was a real tragedy, mm-hmm. um, a significant life-changing tragedy because it's peppered the rest of your life, you know? So the definition of comedy is uh, tragedy plus time, right? Right. And so I think, and you and I have talked about this just recently. When I say just recently, I mean like 20 minutes ago. Yeah. (laughs) We talked about the fact that uh, if you are, if you have a tragedy and you can't laugh about it, um, somebody, somebody, I'm just going to say it. Somebody, you called somebody on the way here and said, I'm going on this podcast and here's the thing. And they said, people are going to believe, not going to believe you if you make fun of it. If you, if you laugh about it, people aren't going to believe you. And I think that's bull. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com wonder. With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, motion sounds something like this. Kizik helps you experience the magic of motion. With over 200 patents and easy on, easy off technology, you'll never have to touch your shoes again. There are hundreds of styles and colors, plus a squish like nothing you've ever felt. For a limited time, get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com socks. Why is it that with sparkling water, I'm always playing guessing games with what flavor I'm drinking? Is it citrus? Is it aluminum can flavored? Mm, not sure. Sparkling ice, though, they really mean flavor. Like in-your-face flavor. Orange mango, black raspberry. Don't even get me started on the strawberry lemonade. Kiwi Strawberry slid right into my taste buds DMs last night and let them know who's boss. No subtleties there and no sugar either. But it does have vitamins and antioxidants. Find sparkling ice at a major grocery store or club retailer near you. Sparkling ice. Anything but subtle. I think we need to call BS on that. Yeah, I think that um, I think that's part of the culture. Yeah, I think that there's a culture of keeping women silent. Yes, um, ab- about this particular big time. Thing. But also, like, I-, I feel like it's my story, and it's mine to laugh about. It's mine to be angry about. It's mine to scream about, to cry about, to tell. It's my story, right? And so. that's really the crux of it. Like I get to do with this story, whatever I want to. Yes. And if I want to laugh about it and make really crude, cruel jokes, it's still my story to tell because (laughs) ultimately like, and it doesn't change the fact that it's still also my testimony because the biggest part of this story for me above everything else is the forgiveness that I knew that I was okay when I was fine with God letting those men into heaven. Yeah. I mean, really, like they were going to heaven. God, God could forgive them. And I was okay with that. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. That's a big one. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you tell us something funny, Kim. Okay. So funny story. Uh, t- three years ago, I was teaching high school. I taught um, high school here locally. And I was sitting in this seminar on uh, human trafficking that I asked for 
and that I, <laughs> I know, right? You're already laughing because you know where this is going. I petitioned for it to come to the school. I asked Unbound. I invited them. I brought my classes. I, I mean, I'm like, yes, like we need to teach the kids about human trafficking. We need them to know. We need them to understand it. So I'm sitting in this seminar on human trafficking. And again, I have shared my testimony at women's retreats and churches and all kinds of things like over the years. And so, but when I tell my story, I always say, my boyfriend sold me for drugs. That was my story. Like, yeah. I knew that part of my story. It was right. part of, like, I mean, that was just part of the lingo. That's how I, part of how I told the story. But I'm sitting in the seminar, and she starts talking about human trafficking, which, again, is not a funny subject. However, I realized in that moment, 20 years later, that I was a victim of human trafficking. Right. And I asked them to show up. Yeah. So I'm like sitting in the back row. <laughs> I and I'm see like this happening. bawling my eyes out. And I'm like, oh my God, like this is what happened to me. Like this is not okay. And so, you know, I mean, that the was. The funny thing is, is that you brought it. You, I asked and I them know to you, be there. I know you. So it wasn't like a, hey, this is something I think we should do. I don't know if you guys want to do it or not. It would, Kim is one of those people that's like, hey, we're going to do this thing. Yes. You know? We're going to do this thing. My classes are going to go. They're going to learn all of these things about human trafficking so that they don't become a victim. What? Like, <laughs> I was at what? Hold up. You're like, hold, hold up. Hold up. Seriously. Hey. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, like, it was just super ironic that I'm, like, sitting there. And so what the really cool thing was that I got to move past that once I learned, like, hey, there's some language for what happened to yeah. you. Because in my mind, like, human trafficking was in another country, girls were kidnapped, put in the back of a van, never to be seen again. Right. That's it. Right. Like, that's the image that I had. So, I think that that's, like, a lot of people have that inaccurate definition of what human trafficking is. Absolutely. I mean, why don't you tell? I mean, let's let's talk about human trafficking and the definition of it. Okay. So, I am not great at that definition. I mean, really, I highly encourage anybody to go, like the JSL website, like there's so many amazing resources locally, um, including Unbound, that that can provide you with a great definition. But really, it boils down to the exploitation of human beings and right. in any capacity, labor, sex, um, but, but it, it's exploitation. I pulled it up. Go for it. Okay. Human trafficking, the action or practice of illegally transporting people from one country to another area, typically for the purpose of forced labor or sexual exploitation. But uh, that I think that translation has, I mean, that. Uh, yeah, uh, because it can happen locally. Right. I mean, it, it doesn't yeah, have to yeah. be. Right. For when it happens, it's illegal. It's modern day slavery involves the use of force, fraud or coercion. Yep. That's the word. Coercion. That we, mm -hmm. Yeah. Coercion. Um, to obtain some type of labor or commercial sex act. So that's exactly is that you were coerced Absolutely. into do commercial sex act. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, 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 100%. And I and I learned the same thing, you know, is that um I think I've I've been quote unquote human trafficked too. I still have a hard time saying it out loud because I'm like, no, those are people that you know, were forced into this thing, but I was coerced into it. Yeah. I mean, that's where my PTSD comes from is my Yes. Is that kind of sexual trauma? So, because now I think everybody's coercing me into it. It makes dating so much fun. Um, <laughs> uh, so, another dark and twisted, humorous thing that I that I realized I was I was on my way over here, and I was thinking to myself, like, okay, like how, like, what is the humorous aspect of this? Because normally I tell this story in a really like redemptive holy, this is what God did. Kind of right, like. right, 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 right. But there is humor in it. And and 
um, what I found was that there's this girl, her name is uh, Heather Jordan Ross, and she has this comedy tour called Rape is Real and Everywhere. And she um, invites survivors to come and and hear this comedy that that isn't normally said on any stage anywhere. Right. It's it's this taboo topic, things like rape and abortion that people don't want to talk about in a comment in a in a comedic way. Yeah. But she does. I love that. And I think it's spectacular. Yes. And it sells out every single time it's selling out because survivors need a place where they can just like release some of it in a way that's different. It's not therapy. Right. It's, it's not the pulpit at church where they're sharing their testimony. Yeah. And there have been so many great outlets for me to tell the story, but I've never talked about the funny twisted parts. Right. And, and so I was driving over here and I thought, what is the funniest part of this story? And I realized the funniest part of this story is that they still remembered this two and a half years later. The guys and yes, you know what I mean. Like, right. there's something about all of me. Yeah, look that at they you. Still wanted two and a half years later. They didn't forget. I'm like, okay, like whatever I got going on must be pretty. That funny. is sick and twisted. I love it. Two and a half years later, they still remember. Right. Me. Look. Hey. Wait. Right. Right. Okay. Yeah. So I mean, you know, my husband's lucky apparently. Yeah. <laughs> We're terrible. Oh, We're I going know. straight to hell. No, we're not. We got Jesus. Yeah, we do. Yeah, we're we right do. About that. Well, you know, there's somebody that's listening to the podcast today. I hope. Yeah. There's somebody that's listening to the podcast today that can't talk about this thing, that thinks that they're isolated, that thinks that it wasn't rape, that thinks that they deserved it, that can't tell their parents, that doesn't know how to open up about this or has been living in the tragedy of the past for 20 years. Mm-hmm. And can't get free from it. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you want to say to that person? I want to say that just because you're dating them or married to them doesn't mean that it's not rape. I mean, forced sex is forced sex. And there are women in marriages right now who are being forced into sexual acts and told by organizations or the church or whatever, mm. that it is not mm. rape. There are girls in relationships with their boyfriends who who are being exploited in the same ways that I was because there's songs out there that say, you know, that, that you're not a pimp if you can't get the same hoe that wants to freak your friends. Oh, yeah. I mean, really. Like, that's the cool thing. And it's not... It, it, it's not acceptable. Like, you, you know, like, I just want people to know nobody else owns you. Nobody else owns your body. Nobody else gets to decide what happens with it. Like, you get to decide. And if the answer is no and it's forced on you in any way, manipulated in any way, like, that is assault. And you need to talk to somebody. Yeah. Like, now. You need to talk to somebody right now. Like, Pause the podcast, call somebody, tell a friend, just let somebody know, get the words out. Because like you said, you even have a hard time saying like, I was human trafficked. It's right. not easy to say. Right. But we just need to say it out loud. If you just have to just like pause the podcast and say it out loud to yourself in your car, say it out loud. Yeah. And and it just for some reason will start to make it more real 
and then start talking about it. Talk about it with the therapist. Talk about it with the police if you need to. Talk about it with your doctor. That's a safe place, yeah. Absolutely. There are so many places that you can talk about this, and you do not for any reason have to keep that inside. Yeah. Let's talk about a couple of resources, too. I mean, we're in a, we're in a super deep conversation. Yeah. People may not know where to go. Obviously, there's signs in your doctor's office. Um, and if you, um, if you say something like, uh, you know, you can ask your doctor to ask them to leave. You can write it on the chart. You can say, please ask my partner to leave, um, and then hand the chart back to them. Um, also, uh, you, you mentioned Jesus said love com um, just so happens to be one of my very favorite organizations run by my very favorite people in the world. Yeah. And uh, so you can go to Jesus said love.com unbound. unbound is, yeah. uh, I think they're unbound.org. I believe yes. um, they are an organization here locally also. Um, and then, I mean, come to Waco, the advocacy man. Center. Advocacy I mean, center. Yes. I mean, there are so many resources. Yes. And our, our sheriff's department is doing a Bang up freaking job. Let's just give a shout out to McLennan County Sheriff's. Okay. Joseph Scottamucci. Hello, brother. They're doing incredible work. Yeah. And, and, you know, like with Jesus I Love, it's not even just with the victims, it's with the Johns. Right. You know, like there's redemption taking place. On both sides. Yeah. On both sides of this story in this community. And I'm so grateful to be engaged in it in any way. Yeah. Well, do you know that I love you? I do know you love me. You know that I love you because, like, I do. forty minutes, I didn't. I was not ready for this. Yeah, I, know. <laughs> I called her like forty minutes ago. And I was I like, "Hey, get your ass down here!" And I said, "Okay, yeah." Even yeah. though you said this is what we were going to talk about, I and I was ready. It's big. Mm-hmm. I'm proud of you. Thank you. And I'm grateful to be your friend. Aww, I, I think I'm pretty lucky too. Yeah. Well, <laughs> we make a we make really great peers. Yes, don't we? Yes. Yeah. And a dangerous combo if people get in our Ooh, way. Watch I out, know, world. Right? Watch out, world. Yeah. Cool. Well, thank you. I appreciate you coming on. All right. Bye. Bye. Guys, thanks again for listening. You are amazing. This show is nothing without your support. If you enjoyed what you heard here today, please hit the subscribe button and show us some love. My name is Summer Shine. You can find me on all the social meds or check out my website at summershinespeaks.com to hear more about what's going on in my world. A huge shout out to Rogue Media Network for all their time, love, and support. Wouldn't even be a thing without these guys. Make sure you check out their other shows and tune in again next week. A special thanks to Fish Hands for our theme music. If you like what you heard, please hop on over to Bandcamp and check out more from them. Remember, your story isn't over yet. You're still here for a reason. This tragedy is just one of the spaces in your life, and there is life on the other side. You'll make it out alive. You know how I know? I did. Peace out. Hello, I'm Ann Harder. Central Texas Living has found a new home on the Rogue Media Network in a podcast. Join me each week as I talk to a new guest from our community that you may know or have always wanted to. We'll talk about exciting events, progress, changes in our little part of the world, and much more. And if you've got people you'd love to hear from on the podcast, just drop me a line at ann at roguemedianetwork.com. The show you've loved over the years on television is now available anywhere you get your podcasts. Subscribe today and we'll see you next time on Central Texas Living.
This has been Rogue Media Network Podcast.